You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session seven. I feel like we are just on such a beautiful and interesting journey here. I am so thrilled for you guys to listen to this one and kind of just see how things have shifted for Angie as she's physically feeling better and what that looks like and how it showed up in her business and how that has changed her clarity and all of that. I think it is so helpful to just see how much outside factors can sometimes influence our business and how we're showing up in those decisions. I think it's really helpful to witness in someone else so we can kind of remember that sometimes we need space when we're feeling really not in a great place to not kind of burn down the business. And I think it's just like really cool to to hear how things have shifted for Angie and I'm excited for you guys to get to witness her in that. There we go. How you doing? I'm good. (laughs) I'm like, I'm full of iron. Yes. Okay. This is what I'm wondering. I'm like, are we, are we pumping some iron? Like what's happening? We are iron lady over here. We're literally giving it Margaret Thatcher vibes. I mean, not politically, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) Do you feel like a new human? Yeah, it's like amazing. I was saying to somebody the other day, hey, I nearly closed my business down and everything. And turns out it was just iron. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I feel like I every know. entrepreneur listening to this is going to be like, you know, I might as well take an iron supplement just in case. <laughs> when I'm feeling a little bit iffy, just let's go get some blood work. Yeah, so true. When I'm feeling like my business might need to end, just go do your blood work. I think it's all going to be fine, people. It's probably fine. <laughs> so good. Okay, so you ha- you took your minute, you rested, you yeah. got your iron, like you're feeling. I mean, I'm feeling, obviously it makes me feel crazy because I'm feeling completely fine. I've been walking, I've been yes. doing all the stuff, like getting up, feeling um, normal, playing with my child. He was like, oh. <laughs> my partner like, said, look at you. Hey, hello, welcome back. <laughs> yeah uh so that's really good and I've been yeah I've been meditating with Dr. Joe Dispenza on my morning walks and spring has come to Denmark finally in June it's a little late but we'll take it we've only waited six months and yeah so we're (laughs) out of the we're out of the grip of winter so and also just kind of feeling like I don't want to run from every single call that is on my calendar that feeling of oh, I wonder what this person's got to say, or, oh, I'm excited to do this session, which I hadn't sort of realized was missing. I just kind of acknowledged that I was feeling really tired, but there's also been a real dread of doing anything really. And, oh, it's just so nice for that feeling to be gone. Uh, I'm just like, oh, my heart and my chest (laughs) just feel like so light for you because it feels like, like all of that was was relevant and important and, and like stuff worth looking at and working through, but just to kind of be like the heaviness of some of that is lifted, right? Like you still need to work on your calendar and scaling and delegating and, but to not have like the 
intensity with that is like pretty exceptional, right? Yeah, it's so good. And because it happened and, you know, acknowledging that I also wouldn't have changed anything (laughs) had it not happened, I... (laughs) Do you <laughs> have this love like that would not have happened? So I do have this sort of spaciousness about the summer and about planning and just witnessing how much I'm able to get done, having made the commitment when we first started working together about not scheduling anything else or not having more than two things a day. Yes. I'm like, I'm going to go with that anyway, just as, a, yes. just as a rule for me, because when I actually do have iron in my system, I can get loads done in the bits in between. So I've been able to, I've been able to do some shit, which has been really, really good. And it feels like, feels like bitch is back. That's what my sister said to me. She's She's back. back. She's like, hey, witch, you're here. Like we miss you. I know, I'm back, I'm here. So I think I don't desire to work deliver any more than two things a day it doesn't appeal to me at all because I can also see how great it is to go into the first call of the day and feel like yep we're here for two and a half hours together I'm really looking forward to it but I wouldn't want another one in this in the calendar on that day and at the same time when that's over oh I've got two and a half hours to do finish this or think about this training or record a podcast or something else so that's just kind of given me a bit of a window into how things really ought to be which is great (laughs) it's perfect yes very helpful (laughs) it's so nice and today I went to the spa again and today was just a day where I didn't have any calls or anything so I it was it's just it's like it feels like a gift to myself I, I feel like oh this is probably what people describe when they're running a business that they like, <laughs> yeah. where there are gaps and where they can go, oh, this is the sort of, I can see also life aside from the business. I can see my own life and there's space for it. And I feel well looked after. So I think what's important to note here is just like the lightness of feeling better, right? Like it doesn't mean Angie doesn't still want to make changes, make those decisions, create more space for herself, et cetera, et cetera. But like the amount of lightness that can come with not having the intensity of feeling so bad is kind of incredible. And so I think, again, that's just a reminder for all of us. If you are ill or tired or have something very heavy physically or emotionally going on, that is going to impact how you feel about your business, but it does not necessarily mean something is wrong with the business, right? And then when we feel better, typically we're able to still approach those things in a much lighter way, although they're still important, right? It's just the feeling behind it, right? Like Angie was saying, she feels like she can literally see her own life and have space for it again. And I think, you know, for a while it felt like the business was what was keeping her from that. And I think in part it was, and obviously we've made some changes there and there were other factors. And so it's just really helpful to see, you know, that the things happening in our life and our body and our system is going to impact the business drastically. And just remembering that and not feeling like the business is always the issue, I think is a really, really big gift to give ourselves, right? So Angie's able to just show up in a whole new way and I think have renewed perspective, which is so important. And I think just like cool to witness that journey. You know, I've been baking bread so I can have breakfast and, you know, eat my own bread and, 
it's just so nice to feel like, oh, there's me in there as well. <laughs> yeah, like without being forced into it, yeah. right? Like I think that's really different because I think that's where so much of that tension was coming from before is that it didn't feel like a choice and now it feels like a choice to go to the spa or to bake the bread or whatever, have the walk where before it was almost like I am not okay. Like, so I don't know that I have another choice. Yeah. And that's different. It's just... It's just great. I think what it comes down to so much for most of us, especially for those of us who are entrepreneurs and are very driven by like freedom, is that choice is everything, right? Like the different feeling that Angie has now is like, yes, of course, because she's feeling better physically, but it's because it feels like she has choice in her business, right? When she was feeling so, so, so drained physically, it it felt like she was getting pushed into something, right? Like she kind of wanted to do it, but mostly she had to do it. And it felt like that choice kind of got stripped away from her. And that's where so much of the intensity and negative feelings can come, right? But now that she kind of sees that she has choice, like, yes, she could overwork now that she has iron in her system, but she doesn't actually want to. And making that choice and like really coming from that place of personal power makes everything feel so different. So I think that's just something for us all to reflect on and remember in our own businesses is like, where can you go back to your own choice? Where can you go back to your own personal power? Because sometimes nothing else but that shifting is actually needed to feel 100 times better in what you're doing and how you're showing up. Choice is everything. It's what makes us feel like we have control of our life and our business. And so just bringing it back to that, bringing it back to being in your own power is so key. Yes, I've been thinking a lot about that and thinking about next year. And also, it was quite good that the whole major issue with regards to feeling terrible happened while I was traveling because I have no desire to do that. that. Yeah, you almost have like PTSD from that. (laughs) I'm like, ooh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go on a non-direct flight. It's not happening. I'm not doing it ever again. Well, you know. Never say never, but I'm not planning to do that kind of stuff. And I also don't want to go away from my son and have to organize him and my staff and all of that when, you know, I'm going to have to do when he's at his dad's, I can work away. Otherwise, it's just not going to be very feasible. And I'm really questioning whether I want to go and do some of the work overseas just because 19 hours of flying, packed schedule it's not feeling appealing yet so I'm sort of working out how to make those things like knowing when those things will feel appealing and what level of spaciousness is needed for that to be worthwhile or maybe they won't well it's interesting times because I'm also thinking oh but then that's the marketing because that's where I go and meet people and speak so there's this kind of piece that I'm just percolating on really at the moment around how can the marketing bit also be something that isn't going to be me destroying myself for the sake of getting eyeballs on what I do that's what I've been grappling with does it feel like you're in a headspace where you're like I know there's like a a possibility there or there's a way to make that happen or does that still kind of feel like in the potentially impossibility realm or like what what does that feel like when you think about it I guess there's a I I wrote some things down because I think that having felt like I don't want to run the business anymore 
I kind of haven't really been thinking about marketing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still yeah, want to yeah, run yeah. it. I was like, not that important at that moment. I don't need your business. Thank you very much, sir. Please walk away. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. The shop is shut. So now I'm, and I, yeah, so I've kind of shelved all, a lot of that, the thinking about that. And over the last, so we didn't have a session last week, did we? So like two, since I saw you, the rest period, it's been quite nice, actually. It was like, I don't have any homework either. So yes, <laughs> I'm necessary. allowed to do nothing for two weeks. But I did, did a lot of, I just wonder, can I just use this space to just acknowledge that I've done a lot of stuff of like building infrastructure, hidden stuff, isn't it? That no one ever goes, well done. No, well done creating that brochure that you can now send to a client whenever they ask about this thing. Yes. <laughs> no one says, well done on creating that workflow in Dubsado, but it seems to take ages. And it's also what your business and you are craving right now. So it's yeah. like extra valuable that that's happening, yeah. right? Because it's like, it's not just like a thing you did because you could do it. It was like a thing that's like really important to you right now, you know? Yeah. So I've got the Thinkific account is now set up and it's public and the website is literally going to go live this week. So I've done all of the stuff. It's taken ages. And I appointed 10 people to the associate role. So when there was this sort of, oh, well, I need to wait until I have an OBM and then I can do the appointments. But then I started feeling better and there were people writing to me going, any news? <laughs> so I thought, You're like, sure. Kind of like, yeah, I'm just waiting to get an OBM and then they'll let you know. <laughs> I think that's very professional. Up with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I appointed the 10 people and then I had to write to, I think, 40 other people to say that they weren't successful. I didn't have to, but I chose to. Of course. And it was such a nice thing. I got such nice feedback from the people who didn't get the job. They were just so grateful for me taking the time to write to them, which just says a lot, doesn't it, about the current marketplace for jobs. Oof, sure does. Hardcore. Uh -huh. But that felt like a good process, the whole thing. I feel like I've started it and did the, did the middle of it and completed it. So those meetings are all scheduled now with those associates and their team page is done for the new website and all their photos yes. are on the team page and their bios. And like it feels like that's that's good. Oh my gosh, look at you. Get a little iron in her system and she can't be stopped. Right? That is super exciting. Super I'm really exciting. pleased. And then one of the programs I've been running hasn't had, has had like a digital workbook, but I do take a lot of time to get these printed workbooks done, which I don't know. I'm probably going to die and somebody's going to find like my loft full of printed workbooks that nobody ever got, but <laughs> nice. they were beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But they've gone to the printers now of the Melanated Mastermind. So those can all go out. And I've got all of my notes into one place and just wrote a governor's program, the governance and trustees program, and did the media kit for that. And that's just gone out as well. Like, I know. I am blown away. <laughs> but it's it was like one of the ones that we talked about. Somebody had asked me about. We talked about, yep. can we put something together that achieves the goal of people kind of getting me being paid to do something that people want. So I did that. And I also did the, I've got the structure for the other program I was talking about doing. So I've done loads of stuff, like the stuff is happening and it's there and there's, there's lines in the sand around that. That's the last thing. 
So I feel like, oh my God, I've been in my house creating stuff for months and then I've been ill. And now suddenly there's nobody there, but there's loads of infrastructure. It's like the field of dreams. Tell me it's like the field of dreams. Build it so they come. Tell me that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe. <laughs> but you also don't want to, I mean, that's what's happened very, very recently, but you yeah. don't want to underscore the fact that you actually do and did have a lot of, of leads yeah. and you just were at a speaking event and it is. So it's not like you haven't done anything. Yeah, that, no. Know? And it's been quite kind of like I've, I did the roadmap, sent that to the client. They're just looking that over. So there's some kind of nice things that if they happen will be really good. They feel like really good pieces of work that I'm that I have the capacity to take on, but also, you know, we'll give, we'll sort of not break new territory exactly, but they're just sort of slightly branching towards where I want to be and kind of moving into more corporate zones and stuff. But it just makes me think that there's a little bit now of organization that's needed around the, what's the market, you know, like, am I going to be in front of people? Am I seeking out speaking opportunities? And that's the primary thing. Or am I going to focus on the podcast and that's the primary thing or the newsletter and 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 I don't really have I'm not worried about it at all I'm just thinking I don't want to do all of the things exactly and yeah I just need to manage my energy and also my enthusiasm <laughs> and you know maybe find something that feels a bit coherent but means that I can make an easy, I can say an easy no to certain things. So if I'm asked to go and do stuff abroad, am I just going to have a, a quarter or even two quarters where I don't travel or yeah, just, I, I feel like I need to make a decision about those things so that I don't get tempted down rabbit holes and then end up feeling tired again. Yes, totally. Do you feel like you have an idea of what you want that decision to be or does it genuinely feel confusing or it feels like, well, I want this, but I don't feel like I can have this or like where, where do you land with some of that? I like speaking, but if I were to put this actually into, I just, I wish I'd put everything into data terms and I knew what I was actually getting from any, <laughs> from any yeah, of it because yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't think I got anything from the last couple of speaking things that I did. I don't think think I got any work from them. And that's not the only reason I do them, but it is one of the reasons. But they also weren't events that really allowed me to kind of share with my community. Oh, I'm speaking at this thing because they were just kind of conferences that were fine, but they they weren't necessarily really exciting to me anyway. So I feel like when I have a, when I'm sending out my newsletter, I get a lot of feedback back. So not necessarily, I don't know about bookings because I haven't tracked the data on it, but I feel like when I have had bookings in the last year or so, there've been a combination of people who read my newsletter and then they see me speaking at something. So it's like they're getting confirmation that, oh yeah, I'm on her list and she does these things. Whereas I've been sort of assuming that it's people who, see me speaking and then book. Yes. Does that make sense? So a hundred percent. I think that something that is true almost like across the board right now is like 
it's really hard to rely on one marketing channel right now. I think that usually it's like a holistic combination of stuff that is bringing someone off the fence. So it makes sense to me that it's like speaking in the newsletter. It's like, you know, social media and something yeah. like it, it typically is like a holistic combination. So I think yeah. that that makes a lot of sense for yeah. sure. I mentioned this a bit in our coaching and just wanted to expand on it a little bit, but I was kind of saying that like, you know, the holistic combinations of marketing is really what I see working the best right now. You know, I think just one channel is not always working quite as well because usually people are looking to interact with you in multiple ways. So it's like email and social or, you know, like this platform and that platform or like ads and showing up in your content. Like I think that there used to be a time where it was like, we'll just run ads and then you don't have to be on social or whatever. And that's just an example, but I think that that has shifted quite a bit. I think it's like, we'll do this and do that. And it typically will get you better results. Now, I'm not saying that that's a hundred percent necessity, but I am saying that just overall, I think that's what's working better. I also think that's what's burning people out a little bit more in our space, to be honest, is that it does feel like you know, multiple places are requiring our attention. And so, you know, obviously doing this in a way that supports you, feels good to you and is within your capacity is really, really important. But I do think having more of like a holistic marketing funnel and touch points is really, really important right now. Yeah. So maybe it's a couple of things. I think I really like the newsletter as a communication with the people. I've, I yeah. mean, the open rate is okay. It's always been like around 40%, which is, I mean, I'm fine with. I'm like, okay, if you want to open that every day, that's great. It would be good to have more people on my list and all of that. But I, even with a small list, I've managed to have, you know, a trickle of inquiries, which always feels quite good. And it feels like there's a bit of back and forth as well with the people, with the actual people who are following me. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. Can I just pin that for a moment? Because I also wanted to just Absolutely. say that there's been a couple of things that have come up around collaborations. Okay. That's kind of connected to the marketing piece as well, because it's, I've been sitting on this for a while as well. There's a, another coaching company uh, who, a couple of people I used to work with and, and they, they've been sort of talking about collaborating on some form of our work so I'm really in the diversity equity inclusion space there in the coaching space but we both work with executive leaders mm. and executive leaders kind of want diversity equity inclusion you know there's a finite amount of resource and so they want they want their cake and eat it <laughs> so they're they're interested in exploring the this kind of idea of collaboration because they don't have the, the DEI stuff but they've got quite a lot of reach within this international executive leadership sort of area and I've just come to an end of a collaboration with with somebody I've been working with for two years we both do DEI consulting and training and we both work in the in the education sector and one of the reasons we came it came to an end I I didn't want to continue it. it was partly just because it was a sort of slight diversion from what I'm doing and from my own program so it was like oh and then we do this thing over here and it wasn't all, it wasn't wholly resonant with everything that I teach when I do my stuff. And also it was taking up space in my calendar. So the commitment elsewhere was then kind of like, yes. conf, you know, difficult for me to then, I had to schedule around it. So I have some reservations about collaborations and, uh, and also I have 
some reservations around and some real nervousness around sharing my IP that I feel like I've spent quite a long time building in a very particular way. So again, this kind of question comes up of, should, but yeah, but should I be collaborating because there's a kind of a new, a different market? There's you know other people to meet through that through that collaboration, or do I just take this sort of steadfast? We're building, being luminary. This is my work. This is the way that I work, and I remain committed to doing it in this way. That is, yeah, that's sort of hanging, not hanging over me, but it's just been on my mind. I don't know like all the specifics, but what immediately comes up for me is like, if it's this other coaching company and there, they have the reach of executives and what they're trying to bring in is, you know, a DEI touch point, like, can we structure that in a way where you're not sharing any of your IP, where it's basically like, you know, you're an additional fee or you're an additional add-on or whatever that is, but it has nothing to do with like you giving that coaching company any of your IP, it really is more like you're giving them the ability to like upsell you or market you yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I I think that that's a possibility. Because the nice thing about that is like, and then maybe they get like a portion of that. Yeah. Or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a percentage, but someone doing marketing for you that you don't have to do yeah. is something I'm into, right? Like, <laughs> like, I feel good about that. But obviously within you know, the boundaries of like you not having to like overshare or give up any of your IP for that to happen. But I I imagine that's not necessary to make that happen either. Like it seems like they're trying to fill like a knowledge gap that they have. And so you could kind of tell them how you want to do that, you know? I think I need to get better at telling people how I would like to do that because I literally have no idea. And I just immediately go into this strange child mode of, Oh, okay. Um, how would that work for you? What do you want out of it? And I really find it difficult to say, what would I want out of that? Or, I mean, I did this really weird thing where I was like, Oh, I don't really understand what, what you would get from me. Like as part of this collaboration, what are you, what am I giving you? Mm, That is very interesting. Yeah. And then I still managed to kind of come off the call thinking, Oh yeah, but I'm going to end up you know, worse off. But my but my stance in the first place is a little bit weird. It's like Yeah. I can't I kind of feel like everything I've done for other people or with you know, even when I was working in education, it's like people have got something out of me <laughs> and they've taken it. You know, yep. I've led this school, I've built this thing and then you've just benefited from it. And I think I'm bringing that into this business at the moment a little bit. I think the sort of radical independence, I'm just going to do things on my own, this is the way it's going to be, is a little bit from feeling like I'm going to get screwed in some way if I go into this with you. And simultaneously not having the confidence to say, this is how it would need to be for it to work for me. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, right? Because I feel like, you know, it, it ties very much to like the narrative you're trying to unwind is that I overgive, I mm. overwork. Yeah. Right. And, and so you're trying to unwind that now. So you're maybe more like aware to it and more on the lookout for it. And so anything that feels like, okay, like that's going to take more than I want to give, like maybe I'm going to have to give my IP or whatever. It, it's like shooting off a red flag, which in some ways it should, but I think it's like you said, it's just sort of seeing that the opportunity is being somewhere in the middle. So it's not like it's either totally up to them or I don't do it. It's like I only do stuff if it's like up to me and I like get what I want out of it. 
I think this is such a beautiful like remembering for Angie that she can just tell people what works for her. And I think that's a reminder that we all need in our business so often. Like it often feels like if someone asks me to do this, like I'm either like a yes or no to that. And really what it's like is if someone asks me to do something, I'm like, a, I have more questions or I have things that feel good to me here. Or I have requirements to say yes to that. And I think that this is where boundaries get really interesting because I think that so often in our space, boundaries are kind of positioned as this like really, really hard finite line. Like, how dare you ask me that because that crosses a boundary. And I actually think what's more true is to kind of be like, boundaries help me lean into things. Like I'm able to lean into this collaboration because I really, really trust that I know my own boundaries and I'm going to ask for them and hold them. So it's not like a pullback contraction. It's like a, I can lean in because I feel safe in that, right? So what Angie was saying is she was kind of pulling back because she felt the fear. And where we can do is go, well, here are my boundaries. And so I can lean in because there is safety in that. And so just wanted to kind of use that as a reminder for all of us. Like, where do you find yourself pulling back a lot in business that's maybe not serving you? And if you brought more boundaries and kind of more ability to claim what works for you in that, would you be able to lean into that more? What results could that get you? Remember, you can just tell people what works for you. And sometimes that is absolutely the best thing you could do for yourself and your business because it's what actually lets you lean into these opportunities as they present themselves. Well, it was interesting because they really singled out, you've got something completely extraordinary in the market like the way you're doing it the way that you brand yeah. it the way that you talk about it it's really it's really you know unique and I think that about my own work but it's an interesting thing then to I like the idea of people doing marketing on my behalf without me doing it but there's other partnerships <laughs> out there <laughs> that have a similar cut that could have a similar quality but also where I fill a gap that others don't have you know that could yeah that could be beneficial to them so I'm just um again we haven't gone any further with that but it was another it was in the marketing <laughs> bucket if you like of yes. there's a sort of pipeline of things that could happen over here and and trying to sort of work out how that would be for me yeah without overgiving and overdoing and over promising as well like I can't you know sort of take on thousands of new clients in not that that's what they're after but I guess at the moment, I have a really good sense of what's doable and how my, what my capacity looks like. So I think I just felt scared. That's the, sh yeah. I, think that's, I think that's the shortest way of saying it. <laughs> well, anytime we think about a collaboration, I think there is a natural fear there because like as business owners, we're used to just making all the decisions, calling all the shots, yeah. running our own shows. So anytime some other entity or person or company is involved, like it, it rips away a bit of that control. And you're already going through that by like bringing on the 10, yeah. um, you know, oh my gosh. coaches <laughs> and getting your OBM. And so yeah. I imagine like going into that meeting, like that element is already quite present for you. And then someone else kind of wanting to collab and take on yeah. a piece and what you're like, I cannot. It really this. is. It's really full on. It's really right? full on. <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like this this theme, I think we kind of talked about last week and it feels really present here too, is with that uncomfortable expansion of your business getting bigger than you, of it involving so many more people than just you, right? So like right now, Angie's sort of in the uncomfortable expansion of like collaborations, delegations, or delegating, sorry, releasing. I think she's really in that place of wow, I have to give up some control to move this forward in the way I want to. And, you know, for me as a recovering control freak, like I understand the tension of that so much, right? It feels like your safety is kind of like, you know, getting shaken a bit because, you know, so much of your safety felt like it rested and I can control everything. And so I think it's just really helpful to know, like, obviously she's getting so much of what she wants, like more opportunities, more growth, like, and it doesn't mean there's not scary pieces of that. And I think the more we can normalize that, the better, because then we're prepared for it and we're expecting it. And it feels like it's part of the path instead of a deviation from the path where I feel like it goes wrong is like, growth should only and ever feel good. And then when it feels bad or stretchy or uncomfortable, we think something has gone wrong. When in reality, it's like, of course, this is really uncomfortable right now. Of course, you're expanding in ways that are asking you to give up control and that is freaking uncomfortable. And so we can see that as like, yep, this is part of the path. This is part of growth. I think it gets easier to lean into those lessons instead of seeing it as like, there is a problem here. And I think Angie's doing such a great job of being like, oh yes, this is what is alive. This is what is present. And my work is to lean into that at every corner as much as I possibly can. And it really is. And that's where she's going to see, you know, the biggest growth come from it, but also the biggest like personal growth come from it too, right? Because it's really calling her to operate in a new way. And I think that's super exciting. So it's, it's kind of back to what we were talking about last session. It's a slightly uncomfortable expansion of like, okay, so what would this look like? And at the same time, it feels like you have to kind of do these things, Angie. I, there's a bit of me saying, oh, come on, you know, this is this could be a really good opportunity. And so they work in the international education sector mainly. There is a bearing then on whether or not I travel abroad to do stuff because there's also a part of that that is then you need to be seen at some of the same places and that kind of thing and, you know, have a presence. So to circle back to your question about what feels like it could be possible, I feel like if I was going to, if I'm going to do any international work, I have to be really, because it's all in Southeast Asia. So I have to just be really boundaried about I'm going once a year or I'm going twice a year and I'm going to do these specific activities and maybe you know, that work, that, that visibility is about visibility versus some of the other stuff that I do that is about communicating with the people that follow me or talking about my programs or that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? I'll tell you what comes up for me. And, you know, obviously like here for any of this, but like zoom out, then zoom in for a second, but like zoom out. I think to me, it makes the most sense to, to say yes to a collaboration like this, to say yes to some of these speaking opportunities mm. that align to when you actually can, when your son's with his dad, that mm. kind of thing. And, and the newsletter, and then like even remove everything else. And the reason I say that is because We've often talked about how your energy, even when you're feeling great, is often kind of like in pe like peaks and valleys kind yeah. of thing. And so I like the idea of it being like, okay, I go to Asia maybe once or twice a year and that's kind of like my big push mm -hmm. and I'm like prepared for that and I can get my energy behind that. 
But then like day to day, week to week, I'm not like when I was going on my podcast. Yeah. What like I'm yeah. not having to like kind of have that maintenance that doesn't necessarily serve me. And I also think it's just more intentional if you're like, well, this is a very curated room of the exact right yeah. people. So it's kind of more worth your time. Now, Separately to that, if travel just feels off the table, then fine. That's totally okay too. But I don't think that's what you're no, saying. No, it's it's really not. It's just I think I want to be clear about uh, – not clear. I want to be really intentional about why I'm there. <laughs> so yeah. this is – because this is shifting things now into – I've been invited to do a keynote previously. Now I'm not going to be do- there to do a keynote. I might be there to do a workshop. But really I would be there as an exhibitor – doing my, hi, let me tell you about my wares, yes. <laughs> uh, which is a completely different kind of, I've never done that before, basically. I've never done that in my own business before. I've done yeah. it for other people <laughs> loads of times, but I've never done it in my own business. So I haven't had a, and this is the, you know, the people that are interested in the collaboration, what's really interesting is that they don't do keynote speaking, actually. Their exhibitors are all of the things that I've been to. They have their stand, they have their backdrop. They like talk to people all day for three days in a row. And they say, this is what we do. And this is how we can serve you. Yeah. And I'm always like, oh, okay, sales. Mm-hmm. In real life, networking. Ooh. Talking to these Talking to these sales, Can't you just watch right? me like, on the stage and then send me an email? So this is a completely different thing. Sorry, I should have probably said that at the beginning. But it is a room full of the exact people who mm-hmm. will make the decisions. So, yeah. To me, that feels like leveraged time, right? Because, yeah. again, there's nothing wrong with podcasts. Clearly, clearly we're recording. Yeah. One, right? But it's like if... If that takes an hour of your week every week, but it, you are having to also then cultivate the right audience for that mm. and figure out where they are and market it to them, it, or we can get you twice a year in the exact room of the decision makers. It's like the time and energy balance on that is yeah. just really different, you know? Yeah. 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 That sounds good. So I could focus on being present. At some of these events <laughs> in the room. You could, you could, yes. I okay. Like uh-huh. um, talking to the people and the newsletter, which is, I like the idea of that. And the newsletter, I, I like writing and stuff yep. when I get into the swing of it. Okay, I'm just going to drop a little two words that, you know, don't freak out now, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm nervous. <laughs> Tell me. I'm going to preface... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to preface the two words with, but it's okay because I've got an OBM now. Okay. I'm going to say virtual summit. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So, Try to sell me the virtual summit. So, so what I thought was, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, everyone loves a virtual summit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let go of this idea because I really think it's a good idea. So, yeah. you know, I don't want to have a conference. I don't want to do anything. But yes. then I thought, okay, so how can I use my OBM who's going to do a project with me to start with in a way that's really kind of like wrapped up in a bow <laughs> and that doesn't require me yeah. to do yeah. anything, but also that kind of allows for 
okay, yeah, that works. The communication that we have works. The you're great at writing emails to people works. The you're great at launching works. That all of the things that need to happen in a virtual summit kind of, you know, it's like a great uh-huh. little test piece, isn't it? For all the things that happen. I love that you say little test. See? Like it's just this little <laughs> project. Tiny little go project. <laughs> it's not going to happen until the new school year. So it won't be happening until okay. September. And it isn't going to be loads and loads of days. I'm thinking just one or two days. But I was originally planning to do it as a list building exercise and also to be the person who's convening the conversation about diversity, equity, inclusion, rather than the person that's attending somebody else's thing about something else. And I really feel like alongside the other things that I do around marketing, there is something about the marketplace, which is pretty empty, that I feel like I need to have a stake in you know, and say over here, Angie Brown being luminary, this is what they have to say about our field, our sector, what's happening in the world. So I basically have handed, I'd already kind of enrolled on a virtual summit program, of course, like months ago and didn't do it. Like how to build a virtual summit kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I've given that to my new OBM and she was like, great, okay. I'll just, I'm going to work through all of these things and we'll just get this done together. And we've got three months, three and a half months and let's see how it goes. So (laughs) you didn't freak out. I actually don't, I don't hate it. I really don't at all because I like that we're talking about three and a half months. That makes me feel a lot better. Like, you know, we're, where it's not like this, like six weeks from now, we're, right. And I also like it because, well, we'll make a deal here. (laughs) I like it if it means you can put other things down because these are your focal points. Mm -hmm. Like you maybe attend these events, you run a virtual summit once a year and Mm -hmm. that's it. And right. And then what else can we put down? Like, can you write less content? Can you do less podcasts? Can you like, yeah, I like it as a trade-off for something versus as an addition. Does that make sense? It really does. So you'll be pleased to hear that my podcast producer said, brilliant. Can we use, because I mentioned it like a few podcasts ago and she would, when she sent me the thing back on Charlie, she was like, great, can we use some of these as episodes? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So she's already keen to do full episodes, distilled episodes based on the, any of the talks that we do there. And I would want to use a, like a lot of that content in, put that, repurpose that for social media and also for some of the newsletters as well. And I kind of feel like the agreement that I make with the speakers is going to be on that basis. Because a lot of it, I was thinking, my new OBM was saying. <laughs> How good is that feel? Like you're in her brain. So good. We had such a good meeting as well, first meeting. She was like, okay. So I described the, you know, the, I think I'm going to get the people to do this and I'm going to do this. And she was like, okay, that sounds like a lot that you're going to do. How about you do less? <laughs> Oh my God, I love her. <laughs> I was like, someone's Welcome. got to you. Is it Lacey? Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, who talked to you? Did Lacey get in there? Did she say? <laughs> so she was already just deconstructing everything that I had to say about all the things yes. I was going to do and being like, we could do less. That sounds like a lot. How about you do less? How about you do less? How oh about God, we make I'm this so really happy. easy? <laughs> I thought you would be. So... I'm so happy that I'm going to agree to be on the virtual summit team. Like, yes, team virtual summit here. 
So I loved this summit conversation and I think it's really important, right? Like Angie knew I was going to be like, wait, what about the summit? Because it is a very big time and energy investment, guys. Like it really is. I think that sometimes we see these things from the front end online and we forget how much goes in on the back end. But what's really important here is what we talked about is trading off the time of other things so she can say yes to the thing that she's feeling really called to, to the thing that makes sense for her business, for her marketing, for her energy, right? So it's not just adding more and more and more, but it doesn't mean you can't add something. You know, I think that that tension gets high sometimes when we're trying to scale and grow and also like not completely overwork. And what I kind of wanted to showcase here and remind all of us is that you can still absolutely be saying yes to new things for that goal, but that also typically means you will have to look at what trade-offs you can make to get that, right? So if we trade off time on the podcast and time in other marketing channels that she might've been in so that she can focus on this summit, that becomes really, really helpful. If we just say, okay, this is just one more thing on your plate. Now that you have iron in your body, like have at it, we're just going to end up in that same place of her overworking and burning out. Right? So when you're growing, it doesn't mean you don't get to say yes, but it means you're really intentional about what the trade-offs are on that. What else you might have to move or give up in order to do that. And that's really where you're able to sustainably grow without just continuing to take more and more on. And already she was just like, no, we're going to, you know, you could do it like this. And I've already run one and this was, this was what really worked. And so minimal, minimal input in, in a lot of ways. And also we talked about, she was like, we'll front load the time. It's going to be quite time consuming this time, but we'll build all of the SOPs along the way. So that if you want to do it again, yeah. then everything's in place and we don't have to start from scratch. I'm like, yes, that sounds good. I, I really, really like the frame here of like you have these pillars in your year where you like sprint on some of the growth yeah. and then the rest of the time it's like it's chill kind of thing. And yeah. I really feel like that matches so much of what we talked about with your energy. But I also think it really matches your delivery, right? Mm. Because like you have a summer to get prepped for this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, delivery is going to be nothing because but like at that time you're prepped for it. It's not right. So it's like, I feel like there is this way to set up your year and your calendar that like is super supportive. So it might be like, you always run a virtual summit in September. You always go to, you know, an overseas conference in this time. You always do, right? And it just, it really helps with like the energy management, but also I think the calendar management and and then truly gives you some of that downtime you're needing in between, you know? Yeah. And that feels like I don't have a million other things I want to do, she says. I really, no, I really don't think I do. <laughs> I saw that list. Don't <laughs> no. even try me. I, I, have, I have saw your big list. There is a big list. Yeah, there are other things. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I did have a meeting with a book coach. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because the book is like half, fin- the book isn't even half finished. It's it was going to be a 50,000 word book and I've written 35,000 words. Okay. So it's like, it's new, you know, it needs a push. And then this book could be in the world. And she said, she said, I can't work with you until the summer. I was like, great. Cause I can't really do anything until the summer. And then I'm off for July and August. And she said, now that you're no longer tradi- doing a traditional publishing, you know, don't call yourself a self publisher. And I said, no, no, I'm not. I've, I've bought, 
I didn't tell you this either. I've Uh-oh. I've trademarked uh, an imprint. So she was like, "Great, you're a publishing house." I was like, "Yeah, I know, I am." <laughs> I did it. Oh a while my god! Ago. I did it a while ago because I want to independent. I want to publish my own books, basically. So yeah. So I have an imprint. I've bought, I have ISBN numbers. We're all ready to go. I have a book designer. I've been working with her for a while, and she said, "I think you must have gotten to her too." It's Bloomsbury that would want something that's 55,000 words. But in my experience of self-publishing or independent publishing, what do your clients actually want? And I said, oh, that's really funny because I've been having this conversation about how I tend to fire hose people with all of my information. And probably they don't want to work through 55,000 yeah. word book. And she was saying, have you thought you could just, you could maybe do, break down what you've written into a series of smaller books, like say 20,000 words. Like, how about we do less? She said that as well. <laughs> Something going on. There's a conspiracy wow. of people around wow. me going, let's do less. Could we do less? Yeah. Could we take it like down? Don't do as much. Calm it down. So, and then she was, she was saying, you know, nothing's going to be lost. Any, any words that you don't use, can you make them into newsletters? Can you, s- you repurpose them for your podcast? Can you do other things with them? So <laughs> there is a, a kind of a feeling of the book thing is something that I really want to finish. I don't have any urgency about it particularly, but it's, yeah, yeah. A, it's a background project that I would like to finish. But even that, other than finishing it and putting it into the world, the main thing is that it allows for a sort of circle of marketing around it and another yes. line in the sand of like, she does this event, she has this book on the topic, yes. she does do this, this training and she goes and speaks at those things and then yes. I feel complete. Yes, I think that's so valuable, right? And it's what I think is also really helpful is like, you know, I know you've kind of sort of danced in and out of the online coaching space a bit. And I think it's it feels a little funny because it feels so not what you normally hear there in terms of like what's right and what's true and what like you're supposed to be doing, whatever that yeah. is, right? And I think it's just so helpful to see that like that does not make the most sense for your model and what you're doing and the people that you're trying to reach. But all of the things you just said on a holistic level just makes sense for not only you as the business owner, but the type of business, the type of client, that kind of thing. And I think that's just like really cool to see those like kind Mm -hmm. of overlapping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something I really want to illustrate here is like the online business space is not always right, quote unquote, and nor is it always right for you to run your business how your coach does, right? Angie is building in a way that does not mirror a lot of what online coaches would say or business coaches would say, right? In the sense that like we're not making social media like the biggest focus for her right now. We're not, you know, obsessing over consistent podcast content, like quite the opposite. We're almost like, cool, how do we run in some of these sprints? How do we get in more of the right rooms? Things like that, right? And so it gets so challenging because I think it's easy to watch other people and think that's the right way or to work with a coach and think that's their way. But something just so helpful to see here is what makes sense is what makes sense for your business and for you. And that's really the decisions we're trying to make for Angie here. What makes sense for her energy and her capacity? What makes sense for her business? What makes sense for how she typically gets clients and how she networks and how things have worked, right? 
It's really about looking at your specific business. It's not about going, what is everyone else doing? It doesn't mean you can't get ideas or inspiration from everyone else, but if you are trying to replicate what someone else is doing, you can lead yourself astray so far, right? Like we could say to Angie, okay, you need to be on social media and you need to be doing podcasts regularly and give up all these amazing opportunities that are being put in front of her to be just in front of the most targeted people in her niche, right? That would be crazy for her business, but it would be too easy to do because it's just like, quote unquote, what you're supposed to do. So I really just want to say like, the online business space is not always right. Your coach's way is not always the right way. And that's why these conversations are so important. And that's why I feel so passionately about literally too, is because I want to showcase this. And I think this is a perfect example. And I hope it's a really important takeaway. And that feels like the kind of bases are covered. Yep. Not because I think I have to create things, extra things. It's actually that I sometimes think I really will be annoyed if somebody else is in that space when I've been thinking I haven't quite got the wherewithal to like pull that together because it's really, it's a bit like, you know, not having the sales page for the thing that you're selling. It's like, I'm like, I'm in the world, I'm doing the stuff. I need to have, I need to have the book that consolidates this thing or the series of books or whatever it is, but I need to have this event because I am the person that's leading this movement and I don't want somebody else saying that they are because yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like putting your like stake in their yeah, ground kind exactly. of thing, right? Yeah. 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 So if I can start to see these bits of marketing as stakes in the ground, <laughs> I think that yeah. would be helpful. And I like the idea of that, that sort of cadence of the year and having a having a clear sense of, yes, Angie does these things in the average year. Yep. That feels really good, actually. Okay, so that the other thing in terms of like homework or takeaways, I think, is thinking about that collaboration and what you yeah. would actually want out of it. Yeah. Um, so I'll just make note of that. But yeah, I think drawing out the year a little bit, you know, giving the OBM that project more fully, like total green light on that, yeah. right? And doing the cadence, thinking about what you want out of that partnership, like all pieces are moving basically, yeah. right? Yeah. And anything not that is a no for right now. Yeah. Deal. Deal. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Deal. Feels very supportive to be like just this. Like you were saying, you need to like ring fence it a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm really happy with that. As long as I feel like there's a reason that I'm going there, I just get sometimes a bit kind of caught up in am I going to this? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? And so this feels yeah. really, really good. And I really loved this this kind of, the solution synergy, whatever, of the OBM just having that whole thing wrapped in a, you know, and like, that's the project that you're working on. It felt, it actually felt really good because I don't feel like I need to have ownership over all the stuff of like organizing yes. it. I just know that I need to have this thing happen, <laughs> the event. Yes. That's it. That is that is delegating <laughs> 101, right? I don't own everything and all the pieces. Yeah. I just get the outcome I yeah. want. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for everything so far. Because honestly, I wouldn't have gotten to the point of <laughs> any of it. <laughs> so 
I really appreciate it. You are it. so welcome. But you wouldn't because you would have gotten hired eventually. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't be hiring, I'm telling you. That's true. That's true. This is a pain body that's very difficult to shift. <laughs> this yeah. is the girl that um, wants to do all the work herself. So that's, yeah, we're making progress over here. <laughs> so good. Well, I am just like so in celebration of you feeling better, just yeah, like coming you. back online, so to speak, right? Yeah. And And all of this, right? Because I think that it's almost like how we were talking about when it when we were thinking you was maybe like some pretty serious burnout. It was like mm. don't trust your decisions yeah. right now. And now it's like you're you're really making them in a more strategic way. Like yeah. yes, still to buy yourself time, yes, still to scale, but in a way of being like, I know I'm able to do that. And I think it's just really cool to yeah. like witness yourself in that, you know? Thank you. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. All right. I'm here. I will put these things in. Keep me posted and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Lacey. All right. Bye, my dear. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you're going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three-minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.